and welcome to another edition of Bertie and Paul. I am delighted to be joined by Michael Dahl. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. A very good evening. Uh, the glorious Martin Henry. Hi, Paul. How are you doing? And we've got uh, another, another, another Martin. They call as well after like 17 years of asking him to come on the podcast. He's finally making his guest appearance. Uh, Martin yeah. Kane, how are you getting on? Yeah, even all doing well. Honoured to be here. Big oh, delighted, delighted. A Gen, Gen Z, Mikey Dow, Gen Z. <laughs> it's about time. It's about time. I'm a bit nervous that Martin's on tonight. I'm a bit nervous. I have to up my game tonight. Up my game because I've got a feeling that Henry and uh, Martin Kane might. Uh, did you three not go on a holiday together, actually? When I think about it. Aye. He's dead. Cost massive. Yeah, a long time ago. Uh, so yeah, look, we're here to talk about Celtic. Tell you what that was. That was the um, that was the day that, that was the day after Celtic qualified for the Champions League after putting Spartak Moscow out of yeah. uh, qualifying. Yeah. Mike had his That's radio it. on the the check in, didn't he, in the airport? Wait, the, the draw. Set the draw. <laughs> telling telling all Celtic Rangers fans who got yeah who they got in the draw. So aye, that was a, a memorable moment. Sparta. So that's what Gordon Strachan is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Then it was McGee. It was that game where I think did Nakamura not go through twice in extra time or something and not score twice. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's definitely the one that Derek Reardon scored a penalty. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And then is that the one that Tommy Burns jumped over everyone? Was that another yeah, game? Yeah, that one. No, it was that, that one. one. Tommy Tommy Burns was like on top of the the pile on or the pile up. I think it. Stevie took my ticket and moaned that they'd sang Never Walk Alone three times <laughs> in the evening. <laughs> moaned. Rather, rather than just enjoying the game, he moaned. <laughs> oh, joy! How many times he sang Walk On? <laughs> there we go. Well, you're, I mean, look, we're, we're sitting at the we're sitting at the top of the league. We've won two games out of two, but it's definitely a, a different Celtic than it was two or three weeks ago uh, for me. And just off a good good result against Aberdeen, and uh, just to get your thoughts on that, Mark, we'll start with you then, since you're since you're uh, your debutant. What did you think of the Aberdeen game? Did you did you enjoy it? I, I just. My initial feeling at the moment is I just find it bizarre that we've won our first two games, but I still feel, feel very nervous about the season. I, I just feel we don't know if I settled start my living. Um, it's quite slow on Sunday, I thought. Quite a lot of long balls. Joe Hart doesn't really seem to... With his reposted call, Hart would get the ball out straight away. Now he's very indecisive, which I feel sort of feeds through the rest of the team. And then you've got Rogers after the game saying that he's not really happy about how we're taking throw-ins, looking a bit lost, and you're thinking, come on, get the basics right. Um, but it's still going up to Pataudry and winning, so maybe just maybe me wanting a bit too much. But um, obviously the big concerns were Hattati and Carter Vickers. Um, I think the Aberdeen goal, Carter Vickers looked, looks came out, he's pulled, well, not pulled his hamstring, but a bit of tear or whatever it is. Um, so I think that's, for me, he'd possibly he'd have caught the boy if he was fully fat. I definitely, um, I, I watched it just there, definitely. That's definitely an injured player chasing him down. Yeah. Definitely. I, I'm sure last year that they said that Carter Vickers was going to be back September, October. So I just hope we haven't rushed him. 
and we're now going to regret it because from what we can see this week, he's going to be out for the Rangers game and potentially the first Champions League match. And he's, you know, so key to our team. It's unbelievable. Um, so we're going to be playing with basically two new centre-halves in Europe, which just gives me the fear of God. But back to Aberdeen game, I thought, I mean, the, the thing with the big, obviously, standout is just Kyogo and how clinical he is. And that's what, you know, we're going to need this season. Um you know, he takes that chance, buries it. You know, it's really top quality uh, goal scoring. Um, I thought Maeda's pace was unbelievable, but he had a bit of the case of Didi Agats, didn't he? Um, just his finishing, his finishing sort of touch after cross in was pretty poor. But um, yeah, it's, it's a win at Petodre, isn't it? But I just still feel nervous. Um, Hendo, what do you... So Hendo, you're usually the, the voice of reason. You're not You're not nervous, are you? Uh no, I'm not nervous. I just think um, we're not the finished article yet. This time two years ago, we weren't the, the finished article either. Um, I think it's probably difficult for the players' minds when they had a way of playing that worked and now they're being asked to do something differently. So no one really likes change anyway, but people will certainly find change harder to manage when for all intents and purposes they think the way they were doing it was the best way to be doing it and now someone else is saying do it this way so there'll be a bit of transition for the players to kind of get their head around things accept it and then execute what the manager's asking for um, so I think that, that'll take a wee bit of time we obviously don't want to take loads of time but it'll take a few games to, to get that going and I think the, the Andrew of playing was, you know, there was one plan, that was it. And, you know, hell mend us if, uh, if it didn't come off that day. Whereas throughout the game, I think the fact that sometimes we're going long and, you know, sometimes we're playing short, kind of glass half full in that one to say, well, that's, that's good. We're actually realising that we don't have to play it out from the back every single time and try and pass our way forward, that, Sometimes we can just hit it long, which we never did last year. We just never, ever did that. So I'm kind of seeing that as uh, players having a bit more of a thought process out in the park rather than just this is the one way you have to do it and that's that's it. So no, I'm, I'm not I'm not nervous. I'm not not seeing anything that's a major red flag. There's, there's chinks in the team, but no, definitely not not nervous at the moment. Thank you, ask, ask me again in six weeks. <laughs> Well, it could be over in well, six weeks Champions League, isn't it? So you're sort of right into the the games then and we can have a look and see what the players are like at that stage. But Mikey, uh, what do you think? Um, yeah, I probably just echo what, what the others said, really. I mean, I, I've been surprised at how much Rodgers has kind of jumped what Buster Cogley had um, and I mean, like, like the the good things, the effective things, like the inverted fullbacks seem to have kind of gone, and that's why you you maybe you see kind of Greg Taylor maybe struggling. He's getting a lot of negative headlines. I I thought there was, I thought he'd been a, I thought he might have been a bit more trying to continue in some way the some of the style that we had, and um, so that has surprised me a bit, but. 
you know, for every maybe player that's not looked as good, you could argue that Matt O'Reilly, like certain players like O'Reilly and even Kyogo started to look better. So, so yeah, it's, it's hard and it's a really small sample size as well. It's like two games that we've played. Um, usually, you know, previous years under previous managers that have just started, we've probably played about 10 games already in Europe. So, you know, it's kind of, it's judging off a really small sample size. I'm still hoping that it clicks and guys like Greg Taylor, who look like they're struggling now, are going to, you know, adapt to, to the new style of play. Um, I so it's kind of... I thought I thought Taylor at the end of the game was just bossing it, but I thought he he was like the senior player. The game was he was just making the game calm it, it down, being cheeky. So I actually yeah, thought he came into his own. Yeah, at the end of the, I thought he was kind of he was. I was loving it because Dan was over what really poor game against Aberdeen. So okay, there you go. No, He's but going it's to have just... to step up though, isn't he? Because he is the senior defender now for the next few weeks. You know, right. so you're going to have, imagine Ralston will still be playing right back, but Taylor played the majority of the games last year. I thought he did a great season, but he's going to have to carry these two new centre halves, um, you know, to the way, because they'll need to fit in straight away. Um, and we've got, obviously, we've got the Angels and we've got the European games coming up. So Taylor's going to have to step up. But I think the, what I found funny obviously I felt like Taylor and Turnbull seemed I don't think they played particularly well Turnbull obviously getting pulled at half time but um, it feels like straight away they're going to be the sort of whipping boys this season which I think is unfair on Taylor that, I thought he was a standout last year but yeah, I I've got to agree with Henry I didn't think he was that great on Sunday well see I, I, I don't know I, yeah I, I think he's a character I think he's the type of guy you can rely on and inverted full, yeah, I agree with Mikey a bit about inverted fullbacks, but like, there's only so many managers in the world that do that. I mean, it's not really, it's not, it's a sort of, it's maybe what, I don't know, does anybody do it? A couple of managers do it in the Premier League, the English Premier League. Well, doesn't Arteta famously do it? And that's why Kieran Tierney can't get in the side, or he just can't mm. play as an inverted fullback. And look, I know what you're saying, and obviously my, my point is like, Given the fact that the way last season ended, kind of Rogers was obviously up watching games and stuff, must have had some ideas in mind mm-hmm. about you know how he would have played. I'm like surprised that you know he's he's kind of junked that bit of it, or you know that that's my that's just just that you know like he's I would have thought he would have you know if he if he'd really been up for like changing the fullbacks and changing the style maybe some of those players aren't quite the right fit for that and he you know they might have been more of the priorities of the the areas that he was you know it's just it's things like that that have surprised me you know like when you, uh, it, the the basketball basketball has uh basketball has the player recorders so you, you, you players have got microphones so sometimes like Steph Curry gets a microphone a LeBron during the game the way they do it, but obviously the, uh, TNT don't use all the stuff, but they'll use some of it when they, like, they're having a bit of a laugh. Or, but I'd love to hear this conversation between Rogers and Joe Hart when he brought him across. Mm. I'd like to hear that. I think that had to be entertaining, but also really give you an insight into say exactly what, what was Hart doing something wrong? Was he 
Was he supposed to be doing something? You know what I mean? Was he supposed to be doing something more or something? But certainly I didn't see a distinct change in what Hart was doing after, before and after the conversation. Did you see anything else, uh, Martin Henry? Did you see anything? I just didn't think the cha- I didn't think Hart changed at all what he was doing. No, no. I mean, he, he certainly was playing it longer more than he ever did last season. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, no tactical masterstroke. I don't. I don't think. No. I mean, okay. My my view on it is, I thought it was a great game. I thought it was a great game for Scottish football. I thought it was Aberdeen. It was good to see Aberdeen putting up to us. It started really well. Aberdeen started really strongly, I thought, maybe 15, 20 minutes. So good Aberdeen possession, getting stuck into us, created a few chances. So I think Celtic had to wake up. and I don't think it's going to be easy for anybody to go up to Aberdeen this season. I mean, I looked at one of the stats last year. I think we had 30 shots and goals against Aberdeen. And McGregor scores one. one. So, I mean, this this it was a tougher game for Celtic to come through. And then Rodgers making the change shows that he's still the same manager that he was before he's willing to take Tumble off which I, I mean I know people didn't think Tumble played that well but at least he was shown all the time but Atati came on and just changed the game I just think that I think we're going to have maybe that goes into to, to Martin's sort of uh, Martin's view of it that there is a nervousness because we're going to get a tougher games this season for definite I mean Kilmarnock at the weekend is not going to walk over either uh, so I thought it was entertaining and I think Celtic done really well to win and they, and they found a way to win as well which is and, and you just see the class of Atati can on but then that it gives you the double-edged sword and he then gets injured so he, he won't be getting transferred any, any soon so it was it's a really important game for us to win but it's I think it's thrown up a lot more stuff you know what you have one of these games in the season where you know I mean it gets a bit sugarly Ricardo Vickers and Atati been injured. That's that's two talented players that Celtic now are going to do without for a, a while at least. And I, I don't know if this was by accident or just you know by design, but both Ross County, I feel like both Ross County and Aberdeen had a proper go at us in the in the first half mm-hmm. um, in both games, and that's kind of I don't know if that's just you know new season started teams are have kind of changed their attitude this year. But you know that was interesting that the the kind of the style of play that the opposition was trying to trying to like enact against us. But I actually thought then like we were t- when we went into counter attacks, we, we we started to look a lot more clinical. Funnily yeah. enough, like going going forward, like every time against Rods County and Aberdeen, I felt like we were making really really good chances. Whereas sometimes under Postacoglu with loads of the ball, but we wouldn't necessarily make loads of, you know, guilt edge chances. So that that's a positive as well. I I feel we don't have as much of the ball, but we look more dangerous when we get it. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, my, my, yeah, I, I thought. I mean, the third goal. Let's go to the third goal. The first goal is a great goal because it's a goal from nothing really. Abada makes the move and he makes the movement to the back post and he scores a goal and it's a really good goal because we don't want to score beautiful goals all the time. I like Celtic scoring goals like that. And then and then the Kyogo goal is intelligence, football intelligence, sharpness. He, he defend, the defender doesn't have enough guile to know exactly what's going on around the whole pitch from. And Kyogo still, it's still a, 
uh, Martin Henry, what do you think? The finish is still, it's still tough. He's still between two players. It's not as if he just rolls in the back of the net. Uh, so that again, he could have missed that. And then the, the third goal, the third goal actually comes from, which I've been noticing a lot more in football. It used to be football teams used to try and score and everything would fizzle out. But my, remember, Maeda runs through and makes a sort of mess of it. He kind of runs out of, I don't know what he's doing, but he just doesn't get his touch right or he doesn't, maybe doesn't want to hit it with his left foot, which is sort of strange. But then Odin recycles the ball. You get my drift. Yang changes channels. Change. And I thought that was a great goal for a team that's only started two season, two games into the season. I thought it was a really good goal and O'Reilly knows exactly where he's got to be. Penalty spot. Yang releases the ball. O'Reilly's got an easy finish. So I thought that was a really good goal in terms of a team goal, you know what I mean? There's loads of touches. There's loads of things happening. See, so, for me, O'Reilly's a classic. Like, I know it's a sort of Football cliche, whatever, but like he scored last. So obviously, that problem last year, scoring being a bit more clinical. But you can mm-hmm. see he's confident after last week, and he made, he's in that position on Sunday. And he takes a goal well, so you know you you, you want him to keep pressing on, and that that's what you're looking for players at the start of the season. You're wanting to see who's ready, who's up for it, who's looking to impress. And I think it was Mikey said it is a bit weird because normally we have played a lot of games, and we're only basing things on two matches. Mm-hmm is weird coming into the end of August uh, but yeah O'Reilly's goal on Sunday was good uh, two and two for a midfielder that couldn't finish last year is, 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 you know it's a good start to the season for him yeah I don't even know though last season that it was he, he couldn't finish I don't even wasn't like I don't feel like I watched him and he was getting chances and missing or keepers were mm. saving I just don't ever feel like he was in in the right position Um and I don't I think know if that's the most what the difference in the is that he's finding himself in the right position yeah. um, now, or being told to get in the right position. I think I mean, it's he's, a, I he's think been it's told a against Ange, hasn't he? In some of the interviews, he's had a couple of little snipes against Ange, um, which you know you can read into what you what you may. But from his interviews, it looks like he's definitely enjoying Rogers being there. There's definitely yeah. going to be players that flourish and under new managers, ones that don't. And O'Reilly would definitely be, you know, one of the ones you'd, you'd put down and flourish. Like the, the, the guy that needs an arm around his shoulder, whereas like mm-hmm. Andrew's more like your sergeant major. So yeah, I'm excited to see what O'Reilly does this year. I, I can imagine him being kind of player of the year, Scottish player of the year if he, from the way he started. Yeah. We'd- he looks like he looks like a leader. I like him. I'd like to hear your see once you get a game in where it's you can sit and watch them. You know, from your point of view, where you've got your season ticket, because I think I think so. Watching him, I think he's more vocal now. He's becoming a bit more of a you know that way. He's beginning to back his character. Was I thought last year? I don't. know, It's just that feeling I get. Maybe it doesn't. It doesn't come out in real life. When I was watching him. The Wolves game, I thought, geez, he looks like, a, I mean, he's quite a big chap, you know what I mean? So, but he was looking very authoritative. So, if that goes, then I mean, we've got a really good player on our, our, our team, you know? Uh, you know that way, like, an, talk. Extra, an extra goal threat in Europe would, would be very welcome, mm, you know? Delightful. It'd be absolutely delightful. Yeah, and, and Hitati, I suppose the thing is that we've got Kyogo. And that's a good thing, isn't it? So whatever we can say about 
like different other teams in the league, we've got that sharpness that we can just you can rely on sometimes. And he, Kyogo just looks like he's up and running the way he goes. And then could could Kyogo be the difference? Okay, we don't have Kartavakers, we don't have Atate. We've got to bed in a new defence. Well, saying if he plays in a defence, I mean Rogers is Rogers, he does his own stuff. But Kyogo looks like he still can get his out the goals out the get his goals and in, in games and that's that's great for us and hopefully he can keep that going to the Champions League because we we want to see a full tilt Kyogo in the Champions League like just have to last year was rubbish I think I think Hendo makes a great point it's like we were so rigid last year or you just knew exactly what we're you know mm. what what we you, you knew what we were you knew what you were getting the players knew what they were getting. But you forget that Kyogo is actually an amazing footballer. He's just got the vision, he's got the touch, he can finish. So I kind of tweak at his role, and if you can almost build the team around his talents, it's it is quite exciting. Like when I think about it, you know, I, I know we've all got reservations um, about it, as you said, chunks at the start. But I mean, if it, <laughs> you know, the again the limited sample, but Kyogo has looked phenomenal. And it's a slightly tweaked role. He's more involved. You know, he's coming short to get the ball. Like, you know, he was he was just in that system of Postacoglu. He was just like the the goal poacher, wasn't he? And it's that's not really maximising his talents because he's got everything. So that, um, that's an exciting prospect. I see the goal on Sunday. That's the sort of goal and chance that he never took in the Champions League last year. You know, yes. I think Hendo made yeah. a really good point. You know, the, the condensed fixtures last year and he wasn't on fire for a few weeks. Um, whereas this year, obviously, it's back to normal and you've got to hope that Kyogo's going to score a few in Europe. You've got to hope that, you know, if he's as clinical as he was on Sunday, because he's only going to get a couple of chances every game. If that, he's got to take it. Um, and that's his challenge now, isn't it? So it'll be exciting to see because we all know he's phenomenal, but he's just got to break that duck in Europe in the Champions League and then push on from there. So it's just, let's have a look then at the players we've actually got then. So Yang, we're all thumbs up. Seems like he, he knows what he's supposed to do, which is always good for a winger. Sometimes you, get, you, you buy a new winger and he comes on and he's like, oh, he's beat a player. But Yang just kind of knows what he's got to do, which is assist, get moving, move it quickly. And I thought, I'm like, yeah, magic. We've got a good winger here. We seem to have a good player. Uh, Odin... Or I don't know what he was about Thiago or whatever. Uh, right, home. I, I, home, I was very impressed. I've seen him twice, kind of, and I thought, yeah, okay, his, his Instagram messages are pretty funny as well. But I, I, he he definitely looks like he's a player that wants to go places and, and and can play football. He might be a bit small. He's definitely he's definitely a good football player. Did anybody use you have you know Mickey Dal? Do you? Oh, listen, as the kids say, he's a baller, or he looks like he's a baller. Mm. Um, I've I've been, well, yeah. He's been another standout, just like his technical ability and his, you know, the way he's just kind of put his foot in. One of those midfielders, he puts his foot in the ball and, and just seems to, with head his first touch, create, I head up and create a bit of space for himself to kind of see what his next move is. So I love footballers like that. Um Dare I say it, it's kind of what maybe McGregor was like under Rodgers the last time at the start. Is why I really liked McGregor. He's obviously aged and moving into a, a bit of a, a different kind of player. But 
but yeah, I mean, I'd be hoping, I'd be hoping we see more and more of him as the as the season goes on, and might find that you know the mid the midfield, um, he he might start being like first pick. <laughs> him and O'Reilly might be the two the two like two stick on names in midfield. Um, we'll see how it goes, but that wouldn't surprise me if that's how it turns out. I'm just always worried that these sort of guys are just like, just hope they don't get injured, you know, that way. I've seen so many players come and be really good for a wee while, but yeah, I, I, everything seems to be that this guy knows exactly what he's here to do. And uh, it, we seem to be a good fit for him. Which is just, again, Hendo, I'd love to be sitting watching him at your level just to see where he's going and his movement because he, he's really impressed me. Yeah. These guys in the middle of the park, though. Sure. Oh, sorry, Endo. I was just going to say these guys in the middle of the park. Home needs home needs minutes. Do you know what I mean? He's going to need. Well, he's going to get them, isn't he? Yeah. Hat, uh, Rio Hattie's he's injured for four weeks. Yeah. And now uh, Kyo has disappeared. Well, not disappeared. The South Korean guy, and Odin's got the strap. So. Mm. He's not you, that you, look at, you look at last year, like um, I think I read that Aaron Moy made over forty appearances for Celtic last year, and arguably wasn't first pick. So it shows you how important it is to have depth in the middle of the park. So you need these guys to be playing well because I know Ange um, burnt a few players out and stuff. But the amount of games we're going to have, it's important that you don't have just three good midfielders. You need probably five or six. I couldn't believe that Moy played that many games. I thought maybe twenty at the most. Yeah, it was definitely. Um, you know, and he, he's he's going to. I still think he's going to be a big mess. I was gutted when I heard that he was retiring. Well, the thing is, like we've got. I mean, I've looked at the injury list, but I mean, we've got a lot of players injured now. Like Mark, uh, Alistair Johnson and uh, Rio Katati. I mean, there's. It's, I mean, if we get them up and running in this sort of time with Champions League and stuff, that's going to be very difficult for us. In the middle of the park, I mean, Rodgers needs good midfield players. That's just the way he plays, isn't it? So we just, I'd like to, uh, is it Kyo that uh, was saying with Yang, hopefully he comes on and plays a bit, because we just need more players. And the defence showing that Carter Vickers is out means that now is it Gustav has started, he signed yesterday, and Mika. He's come on, he seems okay. Again, like, these guys have... Jeez, like, Welsh is playing at the weekend. Like, it's big asks for these guys to come in and hit the ground running because not everybody does it. And I don't think... Talking to Martin about uh, Carter Vickers, I'm worried about Carter Vickers. Uh, truth be told. Because when you listen to him talking about his injury, it's a knee injury. So, Martin Henry, you know about things about knee injuries, don't you? But he was kind of playing... Enough, yeah. yeah, he was playing... He was, the way he talked about it, he's like we were managing it. And I just think maybe sometimes Apostle Coggle gets his move to wherever he's going. But a Celtic point of view, should we have stuck him in ice in January? You get my drift? Because I, I don't know. I wonder. I wonder. If, because a knee injury is not something you can... Well, they have managed it, but then... Yeah, I just I, I kind of felt for him at the weekend because he, he did look slow. But maybe these two guys will come in. But certainly from a point a point of view of what 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 the team was built on last year, it's been totally ripped apart. Yeah, 
no Starfelt, no Carter Vickers. So it's kind of just a kind of crossroads, isn't it? Yeah, I think the, the thing that annoys me is that, and I hope I'm not being too negative, but, you know, it's, it's another year where we've automatically in the Champions League. I just thought we'd be better prepared at this stage at the transfer window and we'd have a bit more settled. I know the injuries have came, but a bit more settled as to who's, you know, it frustrated me watching like um, Newcastle at the weekend. There's a team that have just, you know, built on from last year and hit the ground running. I know they've kept the same manager, but I just would have liked. I just don't feel we're that prepared to get into the Rangers game and get into Europe. But hopefully, I'm wrong because you're asking a lot from new players that really just come in, set on a team, and it's very hard as a centre half to do that, particularly when you've got two new centre halves now playing. And that's where my sort of nervousness comes because you know we we done well last year when we had you know your your settled heart Carter Vickers and Starfield. Um, you know, when you've got that settled, settled sort of back three, the whole team then uh, breeds confidence from it and uh, not to overcomplicate football too much. So a brand new centre-half pairing, it's, it is difficult. And that's when you've got to rely upon Hart and Greg Taylor to really lead them through the game. Um, but they're not going to get any McGregor. easy matches. You know, McGregor as well. I mean, it, uh, Martin Henry, the, I thought Aberdeen was a kind of European goal, wasn't it? Quick ball around the back, put the afterburners on, cross it in, and that Mika, that Mika guy was nobody to be seen. As Aberdeen scored, you know that way, and yeah. that's, that that was maybe positional. I don't think it's his pace, but you're just like, oh man, that's a sort of goal you lose in Europe pretty regularly if you don't have the pace. People get in behind you, but then you be, we could only we only get the worry beads because we've not seen these two guys play together. If they're going to play together, you know, in Kobe yeah, Ashi. Yeah. We just need to see the players play and you know get some consistency out of them and just hope that they're not uh, a flash in the pan. Um, I mean, it's difficult this time of the season because normally you've got your beat on starting in defence. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think perspective on where we are, we're signing players at this this time, you know, for however many seasons in a row. We ended up with Beaton playing in central defence for European qualifiers and then wondering why we lost. So I still think the fact that we've got uh, defenders in the building and as soon as one was out, he's been replaced and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think we're way better off. We, we genuinely had like two or three seasons in a row where we didn't have two central defenders to put out on the pitch. Um, but, you know, I think I think the, the goal we lost, yeah, Carter Vickers was clearly injured. He couldn't. He wasn't running at full tilt. He didn't track the guy well. Um, so yeah, we just need to hope the guys that come in are can can adjust quickly and and hit the ground running. Um, and ultimately, you know, keep a keep a tight a, a tight defence because they're going to have some big games coming at them fairly fairly quickly in their in their careers with us. So you're. So let's look at the is there anything else with the game? The, the the other point would be it's then this new world that we're we're living in is that we've got these we've got this big English Premiership that's right beside us. They're buying player after player after player, and then what's happened is their wage bills are going up and get up and get up, and then right about this time players are being told they're not going to be kept on or whatever, and then Celtic come in as a as a name in the paper. 
Eric Dyer, players like that. So it's this funny world that we're in. We're, we're sort of the English, English teams have got all the money in the world, but then there's a lot of liabilities sitting in their books if they don't want to keep them, if they want to buy players on and move players out and in. But when you see that Ryan Fraser's getting 70 grand a week, it's, it's it, geez, I mean, that's just frightening money. I'm, I don't know if I'm anti Ryan Fraser or for Ryan Fraser, but he's 29 years old and 70 grand a week. You know, like, does Celtic want to be that player that we can, that team that gobbles up two or three players every year that fall out this English, this English money system? You know, I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I don't know. mind who the player is or where they come from. I just want them to be coming in and adding value to the to the team, and you know, yeah. be seriously competing for a start, and ultimately, you know, chipping in the goals and assists. Not. You know, as a guy like that, you know, we wouldn't know unless we signed him. But is he is he is he going to do that? Is he coming in and making a contribution straight away? Um, is, are you going to have to take months to get him up to match fitness again? I don't know. It just kind of feels that there's a a bit of risk attached to it. But ultimately, um, you know, higher risk, higher return. But I, I'm not kind of saying don't sign him. But I'm just saying. No. Is he really going to get in the starting eleven wingers an area? No, I don't think we're lacking. I'd rather see another left back coming in because I don't think Burnaby is ever going to challenge Taylor. So Taylor needs a bit of competition at least, uh, rather than someone else who can play, you know, on a front three. What do you think, Mark? Mickey Dow, you're usually quite good at this sort of stuff. Is it? Uh, not, it's not uh, Premier. Uh, it's not Premier League rejects, are we? We're Premier League safety valve, aren't we? We're sort of there's only a couple of teams in the world that can take these players yeah. on. I mean, it's difficult with that. I mean, are we? Yeah, I just I'd be surprised if we signed someone like Ryan Fraser or Eric Dyer. I just don't think that's the market we're in. Um, so I'd much rather see some some of the youth like some of the youth players get a chance I, like, I'm actually not like, I'm not as worried about like the, the sign we've got a massive squad right now we've like pretty much got covered every position bar maybe like as Hendo says left back I'm surprised people are getting their knickers in a twist so much about I feel like we need to be selling players first and sort of trimming the squad a bit and then with Brendan Rodgers this elite level coach seeing what you know, allowing him to build and see what he can do with the with, with players he's got. Uh, these these links and another boy at Wolves, a winger again who's on like seventy odd grand a week. I said, I don't know. This just seems like we're going back to stockpiling wingers again, which ironically was the whole thing about Rogers the first time, wasn't it? When we signed Fed, he's like, we've got about a million wingers, and here he is back, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly looking for more. Um. Yeah, sorry, I don't really know what the question was there, but um, no, it's just, it's just. Uh, do, do you want Celtic? You're saying no, you don't want Celtic. No, I don't, don't. I don't. I don't want to see us buy people. Like to me, we share a border with England, but that's that's as far as it goes in football terms. I mean, they're just they're just not swimming in the same pool. But if, you're Eric, if you're Eric, no, exactly, they're not that good. Are you? Would I rather give? This guy Rocco Vata a chance rather than sign someone like Ryan Fraser 
and stop him getting, you know, make him a further kind of kind of step away from the first team. No, I'd rather we gave someone like Rockovat a chance. I genuinely would. Um, God, someone's even mentioned Mikey Johnson. You know, like I personally don't think it's ever going to happen for him at Celtic. But you know, like uh, these are these are players that I'd rather see given a shot over just buying someone like Ryan Fraser. Unless that was the thing that annoyed me about Japan, Mikey. See, like the fact that they never took a young Scottish right back and played some out of position. It's like you know, surely we've got some youth players that they could bring through. You know, I, I saw that uh, Ben Doak came on. Doak, I don't mm. know how you pronounce his surname. Come on for Salah. Yeah, he's seventeen. You see, Klopp giving him. You know, that's a huge sort of on you go, son. See what you can do against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. Um, you know. And I just don't really, I suppose Postecoglou, never even at the end of last year, gave a huge amount of faith in some of the youth players, even when the league was wrapped up. Um, and I just would love it as a prerequisite for the Celtic manager to say, look, you know, win the domestic trophies, but we would also like you to at least bring through one player <laughs> from the youth setup. Every it year. just never really seems to be that important. And, you know, I'd, yeah, I, I would love to. I, you know, I think the Japan trip, I mean, imagine bringing a young 18-year-old Scottish boy, 17, and saying, look, right back's injured. There's your, you've got a couple of games to go and impress and see how you can go on. You, you know, you, you hear about the Kieran Tierney story. He wasn't even picked for the reserves and he just was in the right place at the right time. You know, they've all got these amazing stories, aren't they, how they break through. But give some of them a chance and see if we can, we can find it. the next McGregor, Tierney or Forrest. Because uh, it feels, for me, it feels like it's been a while since we've actually brought through a regular starting eleven from the youth setup. I think you're. I mean, you're. You're. I know it's like picking picking holes in English, Martin. But the fact of the matter is that Ben Doak, it's not like throwing him on saying, "See what you can do." This boy's proven himself. An analytical coach like Klopp, he he must be knocking and training. He must be the quickest in the pitch. You know that way. He must be. He must be top level because Salah was raging coming off that pitch. Ron came, came on this little boy basically and played well and, and didn't look out of sorts. So he must be pushing these guys to give him a try. Uh, are, are Celtic players are they allowed to do that? I mean, we, you know what I mean? Because I'm sure Tierney was ripping up at training. He must have been. He must have been like far better than everybody else. Must have been to get the chance that he got. I mean, well, I mean someone someone mentioned um, someone mentioned Stephen Welsh there, and I, you know, almost kind of wrote him off, saying it's a big ask for him. Uh, is it? Anytime he comes in, he looks pretty good for me. Well, good enough to be playing for us every week in the Scottish Premiership. Mm. But still, you know, there's this nervousness about. I mean. Can Stephen Welsh come in and play 10 games in, in a row in the Scottish Premiership and be yeah. a fairly solid good course he can? So, you know, but the you know, the fans will maybe be on his back straight away like they seem to be with Ralston. It's just, I don't know, it, they seem to be judged by a much, you know, to a much higher standard, the youth players coming through at Celtic, which is quite frustrating as well. But... Um, exactly tasking the manager then to try and get that culture in place that goes right we're going to give a couple of boys chances and I need you to get behind them they're going to make mistakes but you know if they make it 
that saves us having to go out and spend eight, nine million pounds on, you know, a risk <laughs> that you spend a lot of money in the hope that they become a great player when we could just produce our own. Um, you know, could but you're right, Mikey, the fans do seem to give the, the homegrown players a lot of stick. Even McGregor got it. You know, he missed that mm. chance away in Germany. Um, everyone wrote him off and look up now, he's one of the best midfielders ever. Um yeah. But you, you hear all these. I think John Terry's first 20, 30 games with Chelsea, he bits himself. He was terrible, made loads of mistakes, but they stuck with him. Um, but I just, I don't know. I just don't feel that Celtic at the moment. It'd be great to just have that thing of just saying, look, we're going to, we're going to press on and we're going to try and bring through our own youth because you know we're not going to be able to pay fifty, sixty thousand pounds a week. Um, you know that that's just the reality of it. And I just thought it was refreshing. I know, Paul, what you're saying about Doki is obviously a very special player, but, you know, would Celtic play a young 17-year-old the first game of the season? Um, you know, I just don't... At the moment, I can't see it happening. I feel like we would rather go and buy somebody abroad and give them a chance rather than somebody from the youth set-up. I think the other... My sort of view was... A handle listening to not I'm not really been paying that much to Postacoglu, but it was just an interesting. I was listening to something else, and they were talking about the Spurs fans are just happy to have a manager that's playing a Spurs type football. Now, and I started thinking about it, like what makes fans happy, and for Celtic fans, it's the swashbuckling football, blah blah blah. It's the trophies, etc. I definitely think part of making the Celtic fans happy and maybe it isn't maybe maybe it's a certain type of fan happy as as having that that young Scottish player coming through it, it, is it is it linked to Lisbon Lions is it linked to this 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 story of 11 guys coming from a small area in Scotland and winning the European Cup or is that just is that just folklore now but does that I mean for me that that makes a lot of guys I talk to you want to see Homegrown players coming through and playing for Celtic. I mean, Tierney, that Tierney Scottish Cup thing is just it's a great scene, isn't it? Coming back up the stairs, we broke. But you wouldn't get that from a different player, or maybe you do, I don't know. Like, whimsical again, am I? I think, uh, I think all the, the all football clubs and fans love to see one of their own come through the ranks because. You know, there's a feeling of, you know, they're getting to live their dream and, you know, it's, it's everyone's dream to go and play for whatever team it is. So um, I think there's always a kind of special feeling and you want your own players to come through and do well because you mm-hmm. know how amazing that would that would feel for the player. But, uh, you know, the, the fans like having players on the pitch who they feel kind of get their club as well. Um, the just going back one the the Stephen Welsh thing uh, for want of a better word thing um, in thing uh, in the season in the season we lost the league if you remember he came in at the back end of the season mm-hmm. and was pretty much the only good thing to come out of that season was he kind of debuted and you know looked looked reasonable. And then at the start of the next season, in in Ange's first season, he was kind of, he was the starter. Then we signed 
uh, Carter Vickers and then signed Starfelt and then Welsh just moved out of the picture. But I remember at the time, once he was out the team permanently, I, I do remember people saying, oh, he should still be in instead of Starfelt. And then that's pretty much been a couple of years he was he was out of the team. But he was one of these players that I don't really feel that he ever did anything materially wrong um, for whatever reason. He's just never been able to hold down a, a place. Um, so I don't know, maybe maybe we'll get more of a, a look in this season. But yeah, I don't know. He's also at an age now where I feel like he needs to be starting to get games and develop because he's, uh, as much as he wants to stay at Celtic and he's been told they want him to stay, I think, for, for him and for us to get a better player, he needs to be playing. So, um, you know, if he's not seriously going to be getting a starting spot, I would I would like to see him go on loan, I think, because he's just not going to develop. Because if he's not getting a look in this season, that'll be three seasons in a row he's not played. And I just think someone at that age should be should be playing and he's, you know, should should be playing kind of SPL standard or League One or League Two in England and, and getting minutes under his belt because uh, we're, we're never going to get a player out of him otherwise. Just give you, give you a quick European update. Hearts, Hearts will beat Rosenberg 3-1. I see that. Hibs are through as well, I think. Hibs are through. Delighted, yeah, I think Hibs are through as well. for salt and sauce. <laughs> <laughs> That last Scottish clubs have got through European. I'm going to cry in a minute. I mean, Unbelievable. What's happening here? Because I, I just keep thinking about Hendo's thing. Know, about Sc- the rain- what are you? The Rangers fans will be claiming they're only in it because of Rangers, so they'll still be clinging uh, <laughs> to that one. Single-handedly keeping up the coefficient. The, oh. the, the, the powerhouse with the worst record in the Champions League ever is responsible for all these Scottish teams getting a chance in Europe. No Tavernier though, slag ta- Tav. Yeah, Tav should go this season, blood. Tav, back post header. You're like, geez, well, you can't get it. Bar- and this Barris, it's all slagging as well. He should be going. It was Taj and Barris that pulled them out last night. Campbell's fought. I mean, Campbell's. Anyway, that, the Campbell thing for the Celtic Rangers game is going to be a nightmare to manage a referee because he's just hitting the deck every time he gets looked at. That's for another. That's for another day's work, I suppose. But yeah, look, I, 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 I am. I, I will get nervous when we get closer to Europe. But I think Kilmarnock at the weekend is a good. It's a good game for us. Uh, but but I, I have got a feeling that we're going to go down. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe it's just all paper talk in terms of squad. But the Ryan Fraser thing. Maybe that was just to stir up interest in him. They say that he's still here. Eric Dyer, that's just silly, I think. Uh, the Wolves guy, again, is that just, he's not played in the Saturday or this, day was it, Monday night? And they're just throwing names at it to see if something stick. So we'll just see exactly what happens when it comes in. The players come in, but yeah, I'm just sort of, I don't know, it's just, it, I think we were just lucky with the state stability for, for that wee while, you know, and now we just don't have the stability, so we just have to to grin and bear it and hopefully the thing is Rogers is a good coach so fingers crossed He's, he is doing a lot more interviews Mikey Dahl you seen that? can't help himself I like 
I'm out. Like I, I don't listen, or I, I can't. I just can't listen to him. It's weird having a Celtic manager. I'm just like I can't. Uh, like I'm going to mute this or I'm not going to watch the video so yeah, he hasn't changed obviously you know um, but like you say and as people tell me he's an elite level coach so I'm just happy to, I'm just happy to watch I'm, I'm happy to watch the product in the park and not listen to his nonsense there's one Hendo the, 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 what do you call it the, the Celtic podcast different one the underground and all that carry on but they've just they just accept it. They're like Rogers is back. He's a late level manager. He's the best we can get. They throw out all this stuff, and they don't show any emotion. We we watched Celtic for years, and we understand that this is as good as Celtic can get. We just have to move on. Blah blah. And I always think it's really strange listening to Celtic fans that don't have any sort of like like Mikey. Like I'm the same. I just like can't can't listen to Posta Coggle anymore. I can't listen to Rogers. I mean, I put them on. What I do is I, I'm doing my stuff around the house and I'll put them on the background to listen to his interview to see if he says anything or not. But I do struggle to listen to Rogers just because I just can't, you know what I mean? But it's just the way the other, other podcasts are like, oh, Rogers is back in. It's a fait accompli. But he definitely, he, he, he's doing an interview sitting out. He just, he, he must just be interviewing every single day, you know? Martin, do you have any? Martin Kane, do you have any discussions? When, about I, was, when I was back home, it was the same. Like I, I mean, I really can't stand on if I'm honest with you. Um, <laughs> everyone's it's a pure defeatist attitude. Well, there's there's nobody else. There's nobody else. And is it well? Mm. Two years ago, we got you know an Australian that nobody heard of, and he absolutely transformed the football club. So hopefully, we can find somebody else. Let's not just give up and go mm. back to what you know. But a few folk were saying that you've just got to, like, you know, sweep it under the carpet and move on. Is it he left us before we played Hearts at Tynecastle and then the Rangers game the week after? You know, he played Cal McGregor left back and never played anyone up front because he fell out. The play. you know, it just it's, the list is on. But yeah, listening to him, I mean, he was talking away about how they've not mastered throw-ins at the weekend. You're like, you've been manager for weeks. Usually, <laughs> that's a couple of sessions in training, and you move on with it. But uh, yeah, when he when he done his Spanish uh, pronunciation of Jota, I was like, oh, just total David Brent again. And then he done an interview with a guy from Socrem playing golf, and I can only watch two. Oh, you 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 turn it off after three four minutes because Roger's daughter's caddying for them because she works for Sky, and you're like, oh, I can't, I can't stomach this no. much longer. <laughs> it's really weird. But to it's, it's good to know he's never changed. I mean. You know, it would not shock you if Rogers left at some point this year and go to work in Saudi Arabia. Let's be honest. <laughs> it's in the back of everyone's mind. But it's that lack of emotion. Like, two things can be true at the same time. Like, I, I, I like I liked Rogers. I kind of like, but you, when you're sitting there, like, I can't believe it's like Celtic TV. Rogers does an interview. And he starts talking about what he's talking about. He's talking about they've done camps. They've done like management camps to see his like he's done that stuff and you're like what 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 I'm saying that again he's done you know what I mean Martin no that stuff you get sent to and you're just like oh just you know what I mean he's been doing it with the players obviously Riley likes that I don't know I just oh I just yeah he was never going to change him though was he but yeah it's just it's just a funny having a manager like that so. like I never liked the Ronnie Roar. 
I liked Ronnie Roar once when he went up and punched, but then when he kept doing it, I was like, oh no, please stop it, please. <laughs> you know what I mean? Did, did you see that Tottenham done just, the hunt? just struggled to like... Uh, <laughs> what did you say, man? Andrew went over to the fans and done, he's like, got the players out because uh-huh. the, they're celebrating a two-each draw. <laughs> All right, well done. And um, Bossy Cogley got them out, and then I saw a clap that the Tottenham players were doing a huddle. <laughs> Wait, now, what's going on here? <laughs> it's really strange. Tony Mowbray's asking for the copyright. It's <laughs> <laughs> really, really strange. Um, but yeah, Bossy, I did watch Spurs just because I wanted to see how they played. Um, no, but I was, yeah, it, was the, it was on the background. It's the same stuff. And they're not that good, Spurs. And the English football wasn't that great the weekend, actually. Some of it was good, but Wills, my God, was shocking. He's a, he's a total hype job, but, um, <laughs> No, no, in terms of like all the same stuff that's been said, like they're all so excited about him being down there. And it, a lot of it's a cult of personality thing. Like, I'm not saying he is, like, a, he's a decent coach, but I, I just mean, like, you know, there's that whole, oh, he's an outsider, he's an Aussie, this is something different. And I think that I think that allows him to uh, avoid some scrutiny that he probably should get. Like, I really don't miss that stupid every time you get a bye kick, you need to start within, like, three seconds. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's some stuff that what's the agent stuff Mikey what was the agent stuff is there an agent rumour going about that players were bought from the same rumour the same the uh, Japanese oh, I, players uh, what's I that has that been brushed under the table I don't know but there's definitely I've definitely seen more and more players try to sign up or signing up to this agency that he's part of I, I don't know like it's I don't know if there's a story behind it but I certainly see what are young players and and what have you kind of signing up to this CAA base organisation? But I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there was like alleged kind of dodgy stuff going on there. But but I'd never heard the um, your like Postecoglou's agent until he suddenly turned up in the pitch last season. <laughs> now that seems to be all seems to be all we talk about his agent and his agency. But yeah, maybe there's, maybe, maybe there's a bit of a wee look in. I might have to have another look at that. I just it came up on my radar a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, and it's like, wait a minute, this is a bit more, there's a bit more to it than uh, meets the eye. But yeah, fantastic. Anyway, Martin, I'm delighted that you, you've Martin Kane or Chunks, as Mikey Dow calls you. So you got, I don't know where you got that. I don't know where you got that name from. I'm delighted to the, the Zengis. You enjoy that, Martin? Did you? That was good fun. It was good. I thought you and Hendel were going to bully me, but it's actually been quite... I think because we don't have a game to talk about as much. I mean, once we get into European stuff, I think we're going to have words, but uh, you were good, Martin. Well well played. And Hendel, you're nice and calm. You're still there. Yeah, all calm here. Yeah, Brian. No raised heart rate at the moment. Nothing, nothing. And uh, yeah, and hopefully, I think we'll probably just... Maybe Morelos will get a club as well. You know what I mean, you can say a prayer for Morelos to get his. <laughs> Jeez. World class. But yeah, for... that is now. God. Oh, jeez. I actually can't believe the Rangers could buy somebody as annoying as Todd Cantwell. Actually, I just can't believe they did it. Because I can't believe I'm a 45-year-old man 
and allows somebody like to annoy me, but he just does. He just does. <laughs> I mean, could be worse. You could be. He could be a hero. If you were a 45-year-old Rangers fan, <laughs> even more worrying. He's, he's blonde hair and he's pink trainers. <laughs> I think he would be. Well, he might be our hero. Maybe he'll, maybe he'll do one in the first Celtic Rangers game and he just can't come back from that. <laughs> uh, yeah, fantastic. Thanks, everybody, for listening as well. Thanks, guys, for taking the time we're supposed to do it on Tuesday we're supposed to do it Wednesday but hopefully we've got this resolved technical issues and uh, hopefully we'll catch up next week and uh, it'll be three out of three fingers crossed Derek McInnes mm, Derek McInnes is turning up our doorstep so fingers crossed and uh, thanks guys appreciate it all the best take care bye 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 cheers bye. cheers cheers stop